This is episode 58, Hustle Sanely, featuring Jessica Massey. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and filling in for Maria while she's been in Greece for what feels like a thousand years is Jessica Massey. Hi everyone, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for doing this. I can't wait to hear everything that you are going to talk about. Um, Many of you might know Jess from her Instagram handle, The Social Speechy. She took social media by storm, then surprised a lot of fans when she decided to change career paths. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit about that today, Jess? Yes, I get questions about it all the time, and this is going to be such a good conversation. Just kind of tie up loose ends, answer questions that people have, so I'm excited to get into it. Wonderful. Okay, but before we do that, this is SLP's Wine and Cheese. So let's talk about what we are sipping and snacking on. You go first. Okay, so I am trying a brand new kombucha. It is Health Aid Kombucha is the brand. So I chose a flavor that I'd never had before, so it would be fun for me to try it for the first time. It's very bizarre. Jalapeno kiwi cucumber. I just took my first sip, and it's interesting. So we don't love it, but we don't hate it. It's definitely, it's, it's intense. It's different for sure. And the chocolate that I'm eating is called Good Now Farms Chocolate. It's a signature line from Costa Rica. And my husband just brought it back from Boston. And it is delicious. Wow. I like your choices. Um, it sounds like the kombucha could be like a tequila drink, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like a little the bit. The jalapeno of- is definitely, like, very evident. So if you don't like spice, would not recommend. It's probably great for cleansing, though. Yes, yes. So I have a, it's called a Nevio. It's a 2016 Multipucciano. It's an Italian red wine, and I paired it with a six-month Manchego cheese from Spain. Um, I love Manchego, so I'm obviously voting eat that. And also, you can't really go wrong with this Multipucciano because it's just very smooth. It's an even-bodied red wine, and I'm going to sip it. I'm kind of jealous watching you drink it. It looks delicious. (laughs) It is good. It's going down quite smoothly. So I'm into it. I vote drink it. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just some background information. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my name is Jess Massey. I live in Tampa, Florida currently with my husband. We are high school sweethearts. Um, I'm 29 years old, almost 30, which is insane. Um, And we have two pups, no kids. um, And I am an online entrepreneur. Fantastic. And now I wanted to do a rapid fire favorite little game. So what's your favorite food? Favorite food is avocado toast. I have an avocado tattoo. I'm committed. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Your favorite band? Okay, so I don't listen to a lot of bands. I'm currently, which I'm sure everyone is right now, Lizzo is like on repeat when I'm at the gym right now. And then as far as bands, my husband and I are going to a concert in early September as Cities Burn. It's a throwback. It was like one of our favorite bands in high school. So I don't know, it might not be super popular, but as Cities Burn is definitely a, an old favorite. Oh, I don't know that band, but 
sounds good. Sounds like the very California emo type bands that I <laughs> listen to, like corporate and death yeah. and professional. Like those were the very accurate description. Yes. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie, first one that comes to mind is Fever Pitch. I don't know why, but I love the chemistry between like the two main characters and I love baseball, so it just works. And Freddie Prince Jr. still looks so good. Follow <laughs> him on Insta. Um, what's your favorite dessert? Favorite dessert is ice cream, cookie dough ice cream. Nice. Favorite essential oil. I love this question. Valor is my favorite. Like just talking about it makes my mouth water. It's a blend that whenever you roll it on, it inspires um, feelings of courage and bravery. So it's one of my favorite for sure. Oh, I have to try that. What's your favorite animal? Favorite animal is a koala bear. Just because they're always napping and like they're just so stinking cute when they're napping, you know? <laughs> yeah. And your favorite color? Favorite color is like a minty sage green, like a soft green. And your favorite clothing store? I'm going to be that girl and say Target, just because my entire closet is from Target. So I feel like if I gave a different answer, it would be a lie. But I do shop at Francesca's a lot too, which is like a smaller boutique style place. Yeah, we have, we have those in Brooklyn. Okay, I, cool. Every time I go in there, there's always like some two fours to fill. So I always get two things. Yeah, these earrings, two for 25. Got them this past weekend. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. And your favorite productivity tool? Digital planners. Hands down. Nice. And your favorite celebrity? Favorite celebrity, I would say Kristen Bell. I am obsessed with her. I think she is just such a real, like she seems very real. Like I feel like if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, I can't say hi to her. And like that just makes her appealing to me. Like I feel like, I feel like, hey, oh my gosh. And she would just be cool to talk to in person. And I love how much she supports teachers on her Instagram too. I think that's really cool. Right. Yeah. I need to follow her. People always, um, they like send me her stories mm -hmm. the other day when her children were struggling to say specifically, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people sent me that video. Yes. That was cute. Very fitting. Okay. So we're going to ask Jess more questions about her career transitioning from an SLPA to grad school to her own business. But first we're going to pause for a commercial break. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by Fusion Web Clinic. It's an all-in-one practice management software designed specifically for pediatric speech therapists, physical therapists, and occupational therapists who need to save time and streamline their practice. With unlimited customer support, free onboarding, and an ever-growing set of features, thousands of therapists across the country use Fusion every day to treat their kiddos. To learn more and check out Fusion's library of free resources, visit them online at www.fusionwebclinic.com cheese. And if you sign up for a free demo of the software, you get a $50 credit when you mention SLP's Wine and Cheese podcast. Thank you so much for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. We are a weekly podcast that releases new episodes every Tuesday. If you enjoy the show, please go on iTunes and like and review us. 
Also, check out our Patreon page where we post bonus content. Go to www.patreon.com slash SLPs Wine and Cheese. Now, back to the show. So what did you enjoy about being an SLPA? And for those who don't know, that's a speech language pathologist assistant. And I don't know a lot about this position because there aren't any in New York. So maybe you can- Interesting. Yeah, we don't, we're not allowed to have them. Okay, so I was an SLPA at a private school. Um, so I was, I was pretty much like it where I live. I live in Florida, and you, if you're an SLPA, you can work in the schools as an SLP. Um, so while my title was an SLPA, um, I actually was like the SLP. Um, so my favorite part about it was. Having, and I know this is going to be kind of an odd answer because I feel like this is what deters a lot of people from it, is having to, like, think on the fly. Like, I love, I worked at a school that serves students with special needs, so every single day was completely, like, you had no idea what was going to happen, and I loved that. Like, I always had a plan, like, a lesson plan ready going in for all my groups, um, and of course, I loved doing, like, the fun activities with them, like, getting them up and moving, um, but I just loved being forced to, like, think on the fly, because I feel like a lot of jobs, um, previous jobs that I've been in like I didn't have to do that so that this was the first position that I'd been in that was like that where every day was like totally different and I was always having to just like be ready for whatever like came my way right it doesn't get mundane at all right. no absolutely not <laughs> and it's also a very physical job so you're not like sitting at the computer or anything like you're using your skills more so than like you know being administrative all the time right mm -hmm. I think so then what motivated you to take the extra leap to go for your master's? So I was actually, I started them at the same time. I started um, my master's degree in August and I started my SLPA position that same August a few years back. Uh, and I, the motivation was because I wanted to be able to be a practicing SLP outside of just the schools here in Florida. Because um, I knew I didn't want to be in the schools long term. Like, that was not in the cards for me. So I didn't really have a choice um, in pursuing my master's. So that was kind of, like, the pushing factor there was, like, if you don't want to be in the schools forever, then you need this. So I was like, okay, then this is what we're doing. So, like, if you wanted to do private practice or, like, mm -hmm. any other setting. Right. So, but your undergraduate is in communication sciences and disorders? My, so I have two bachelor's degrees. The second one, yes. And I got, I opted to get the second bachelor's degree rather than just doing like the prereqs that a lot of people do um, because my first bachelor's degree is in public relations, um, mass comm. So communications, just different, different kinds of communications. Yeah. yeah. I did the same um, Thing, but I didn't stick with it. I quit. Oh, really? Changed to speech. Yeah, my yeah. Um, so junior year or sophomore year. One okay. Of, yeah. Yeah. So I had my first degree in PR, and being very uh, transparent, my GPA was just not grad school worthy, and I knew that. So I was like, I spoke with an advisor at my university, and I was like, okay would it be worth it for me to spend the extra, you know, I think it was an extra eight months or something to get the second bachelor's degree rather than just trying to do the prereqs and then crossing my fingers that I get into the grad program. Um, so I went ahead and just got the second 
bachelor's degree just to give myself more experience in the field too um, because I feel like if you have a degree in something else and then you kind of do a bridge program that leads you into your master's like that's a short turnaround time for like changing careers so I didn't really have a lot of time to process if I was going to do the bridge and then jump straight into master's so I wanted to get the second bachelor's just to get a little bit more hands-on experience like out in the field before going full on into my master's right nice and now you have two bachelors which is pretty yes cool. awesome. <laughs> we collect degrees apparently <laughs> yeah. nice. there are worse things to hoard it's true it's true <laughs> and everyone's always like your education can't be taken from you so mm -hmm. like you always have that mm -hmm. um so what did you like most about grad school and what did you like least Okay, so my situation is a little bit different. I was in a distance learning program. So I was at uh, Florida State University's distance learning program because I knew that I wanted to work full time while I was in grad school. That's why I opted to do a part time program. So it was three years as opposed to two. Um, so that was definitely a different experience compared to a lot of my peers who go to or they actually just graduated in August a lot of them um, to my local university because I did get accepted into that program as well and it was a full-time like you know on campus like typical experience mm -hmm. um, but I opted to do the part-time one just because I knew that I did want to work I'm married I have a mortgage like I didn't want to live on student loans yeah. um, so I would say the flexibility of my program was really great because we kind of got to work with our practicum supervisors to create our schedule. We had classes at night, twice a week, um, but like our days were ours to schedule them how we wanted to schedule them, which was really nice for people like me who planned to work full time throughout grad school. And my least favorite part, it's, it's the same, it's the same answer. Being the distance program is also my least favorite part because you don't have that connection with people in person. And I feel like not having that, um, like that camaraderie around you in person. Like, I feel like when you hear about people in grad programs, like they have their people and like you're getting each other through. And like, it's really hard to do that with an online program. Like we had a Facebook group. But it's just different when you're not with them in person. And it almost makes you feel like not as invested in the field, I guess. Like if you let it, like it can kind of be like a roadblock almost. Because like everything you're doing is just on the computer. So you're like, what is even happening here? So that was my least favorite part was not being like with my classmates in person. Right. It definitely helped me to study with them, complain with them, yes. agree with them. Yes. I was like, I haven't washed my hair, but neither has Jeannie, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we're all okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I completely get that. That like you, even when it came down to like what was torturous, it was better to like have somebody with you. Right. Exactly. And the overall experience, I would say, um, I did enjoy grad school because I like learning. Like I love learning and I love pushing myself. And if you're doing a distance program, you have got to be, I mean, grad school in general, you've got to be motivated. Like you've got to be willing to put in the work. Um, but I didn't have like a building to go to for class like I just had to like open my computer and do it so it's also very easy to just not open the computer and do it um, but I I really did I really do enjoy learning so that is one thing that I did like about grad school obviously you're learning a ton at like rapid-fire speed so there's not even enough time to like kind of 
settle in or like be bored or get complacent because it's always go, 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 go. Um, but I will say um, being a distance student was also tough because unless your program is super organized on the back end, it can get very messy um, because they, they're not in direct contact with your supervisor. Like you're finding your supervisor and then connecting them with your school. So it's very tough to like kind of be the middleman of all the communication. So that was another struggle that I had in grad school for sure. And all of the distance programs are relatively new. I, I want to say that's been within the next last three years that those have right. started popping up. So mm -hmm. maybe if anyone's listening to this, later than 2019 things could be different but right now yeah. it's like a very new thing yeah i know florida state they only accept students in the state of florida just to keep for their distance program just to keep the um like the flow of communication between supervisors as concise as possible because I, I would imagine it would be extremely difficult to have supervisors from students all across the nation so i think while it is still so new they're only doing Florida for that reason. Like you just said, it's just new to everybody, so. I'm supposed to teach an online class for St. John's in the spring, and I'm just like a little fearful of it. I, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like you have to have everything planned out before instead of, I used to like have everything planned out, but then for the most part I showed up and I spoke for a long time, so. Mm -hmm. You'll be good at that. You'll be, I, I think you'll rock that. Don't be fearful. Yeah, you'll be good. <laughs> yes, so it's got to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what inspired you to build your social media following as well as create and sell products? Because you kind of did that, was that at the same time? Yes. So, I started the social speechy. Um, if, and if anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure they're affiliated with the world of SLP in some capacity. So most of y'all know that it is a bear to get into grad school. Like it is definitely a process. And my, when I was trying to apply to grad school, I was an older student. I was 25 whenever I, or 26 by the time I was ready to apply for grad schools. Um, and I just, I was scouring the internet, YouTube, Google, like Reddit, everything, just trying to get as many tips as I could for um, career changers that are switching into SLP. And there was just anything that I did find was super outdated. So I was like, I don't even know if this is relevant anymore. And I just could not find anything that I was looking for. So I was like, this is my promise to the world. If I get into grad school, I will be that resource for people. Like I want to share my journey, like from applying to grad school, getting in, like how it is, just so that when other people are looking, like they find something. So that was kind of like why I started the social speechy. And then I started creating digital products um, pretty much immediately whenever I started the social speechy because I knew that I had my SLPA position coming up. So I started the social speechy in June or July and then my job started in August. And so I was prepping materials for my future uh, students. So I was like, well, if I'm making this stuff anyway, I see all these people in the Instagram world talking about teachers pay teachers. Like, what is this all about? So um, I was like, well, I'm just going to see how it goes. And then I just popped things up. And it kind of just snowballed from there. I All of the lesson plans that I started making, I started sharing. 
And then I'm sure you know, you have to be very organized in grad school or you will crash and burn. <laughs> um, so I was creating a lot of organizational tools as well. And those appeal to more than just people in the SLP world and more than just teachers. Like friends and family, it's thundering so bad here. I live in Tampa. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that's what that stuff is. Yeah. Monster. We should yeah. <laughs> 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 couple of the world. Welcome to Tampa through the podcast. <laughs> Um, and it's not even raining. That's the funny thing. It's just thundering and lightning. Uh, yeah. So I was creating, um, organizational tools and that's kind of what grew my audience as well. Other than just teachers and SLPs, like people who had followed me back when I had a fitness, um, business online, like they were like, Ooh, we like these planning tools that you're making. So they kind of started getting on board with that kind of stuff. So that's how it all, it all kind of happened at once and it all happened very quickly. Everything grew very quickly. And I know that the social speech grew as quickly as it did because there was such a need for the information that I was providing. Because like I said, I couldn't find anything right. when I was searching for it. So I know that's why it grew as quickly as it did. I, there's no like secret because people would ask me that all the time. Like, what's the secret? How is it growing? I'm like... I'm giving people information that they're looking for, like right. Also, like consistent, and then yeah, you had frequent posts, so it's right. like, it's, it's very, and you, it was a very niche field, mm -hmm. and you were very consistent with your posts. So it's not like someone has to be like, oh, I saw one video. It's like every day there's stuff. right, so right. And the fact that you mentioned the the niche, it is. So true, because what I'm doing now is not as neat as niche down, and it is night and day trying to grow what I'm growing now versus growing the social speechy. Like the speed, it's just mind blowing. Like I had to do a lot of mindset work to kind of realize like these are two very different things, and I can't have the same expectation because of that. So I'm glad yeah. that you brought that up. Absolutely not, because, like, I had a background in comedy before I did all speech stuff, mm -hmm. and, like, trying to promote comedy shows and get people in is very tricky, because there's thousands of comedians, mm -hmm. there's also thousands of comedians with podcasts, but then as soon as I started this podcast, then I was much more able to sell out shows that were directed towards speech pathology, mm -hmm. and my Instagram grew, and the podcast grew, because there weren't several others. Right. Whereas my boyfriend, while his podcast is on paper way more successful than mine, but he's been on TV. Like, that's okay. And had he not been, probably he wouldn't have the success that he does, you know? Right. So it's, I could imagine, like, other people starting off with new podcasts that are in comedy or something like that that's not so, like, specialized. Right. Because without a following, no one's going to, find you exactly exactly yeah yeah so the next thing I wanted to ask you was what was your turning point like did you know for a while it wasn't right and you like struggled to quit to be honest no this is the hardest question to answer when people ask me this because there wasn't like a light bulb moment where I was like this isn't the field for me. I need to change paths. So I was, I posted my very, so what I like my business now hustle sanely, like my main income 
driver is digital planners. So that's kind of like the, my main like money maker. Um, and so I posted my first digital planner on Etsy last September, so almost a year ago. Um, I had just started a new semester and I needed it for myself for grad school and people saw me sharing it in my stories and they're like, hey, that looks really cool. Can you post that? Because I would love to use it too. And I was like, okay, sure. I don't see why not. And so I was still like happily in grad school, like, okay, maybe not happily. I don't know if anybody's happy in grad school, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I was, I, I knew what my end goal was. Like, was at, yes, I was like, this is what I'm doing because I want to be an SLP. Um, mm -hmm. And then I started making these digital products, um, the planners mainly, and sharing them. And at this point, I created a personal Instagram, which is the one that I'm mostly focused on now, um, where I was just sharing how I stayed organized and how I use my planner and things like that. Um, and people were really interested in that. And it lit me up in a different way than speech pathology did. And I didn't know that, that, that this career existed because I kind of created it so I, I didn't know what I was missing out on so I wasn't like oh I'm missing something I need to do something more I need to do something different like I like I said I was happily pursuing speech pathology and then when I posted that digital planner last September it just started growing and then I started pouring myself into that a little bit more and it got to the point where I was like I need to make a choice because there's only one of me and I can't I can't give 100% to both of these. And it was to the point where I would, I was starting to um, resent going to class because I was like, I could be working on my business right now. That was my first red flag. I was like, hold on. I don't know if that's like a good mentality to like continue grad school with. Um, so that was, those feelings started popping up in like, September, October, and then by December, I was just like on winter break. So, you know, you have like a few weeks off between semesters. I was like, I need to make a decision. Like, you're like, I don't want to go back. Yeah. And like, I was starting to like, you know, get these feelings of like anxiousness and not like the first day of school butterflies, like not the fun kind, but just like, oh my gosh, like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And like my turning point, it was January of this year. I was in Blue Ridge, Georgia with a girlfriend of mine. We were at a cabin for, um, she took me there for my birthday. It was just her and I, and we were at a winery. And I had been talking to her the entire trip because All we grew up. over wine. Yes, exactly. See, <laughs> I have the bottle, like the wine bottle sitting right here on my desk, like, because it's just, yeah, yeah. Wine is good. Wine is good. Um, but she, I had talked about it the whole time. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like SLP, it's like such a good like path to go. It's secure. I know that I'll have a job all the time. Like, you know, like it's just down here in Florida anyway. Like I'm still getting emails from people wanting to hire me. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Um, so it was job security, and I was just like, that's so appealing to me at this stage of my life. Um, but what I'm doing, like, on the, quote, side, which was really taking up all my time, like, my business, I was like, this, I'm so passionate about this. Like, but it's scary because it's different from month to month. You don't know, like, you're forging the path. Like, you're doing it. Like, if you don't show up to, you know, make something happen, it's not going to happen. 
Um, so I just was back and forth, back and forth, like seeking her advice, like, what should I do? What should I do? And we were sitting at that winery and she looked at me dead in the eyes and she's like, Jess, I'm going to count down three, two, one on one, say what you want to do and just hear what comes out. And I was just like, okay, this is insane. But I was like, okay, go ahead. And so she said three, two, one. And I said, drop out of school. And I was just like, Okay, so I mean, my husband, he already kind of knew because obviously we've been having a dialogue about it, you know, when I started selling the planners and my family, they, were, they all kind of saw it coming because they saw my passion growing for my online business and they also saw my online business growing. Um, so that was kind of like the big aha moment, I guess, like the, at the winery. Um, and then after that, it was kind of just like once I'd made, like verbalized the decision instead of just playing back and forth in my mind, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And like that was kind of the turning point, if you will. And it's funny because the girl who I was with, her name is Carson. She's actually my virtual assistant now. So we work together. Yeah. And we had no idea on that trip that that would happen. So it's been a really cool, like, turn of events. There you go. So it was, like, mm -hmm. nice that that happened. Mm -hmm. But quitting is not easy. And I feel like all I do ever is talk about intrinsic motivation. And mm -hmm. not even just in terms of speech pathology, when you're working with your client, like that person has to have intrinsic motivation to accomplish that goal. But then mm -hmm. it's like you and yourself. And like, if you're not intrinsically motivated to pursue speech pathology, there are too many cons. I love this field. And I do love mm -hmm. my job. But there are just too many cons that if you don't have that motivation, it will be very difficult to carry on day to day and, and do that. And I also, I quit a job today that I didn't even start. <laughs> Good for you. Because <laughs> I just kept getting that nagging feeling and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm clearly doing too many things and I'm like, I haven't even like written out everything I have to do and I just know I don't have space for that. So and Good for I, you for honoring that. I feel like so many people don't. Yeah, I had to. And, and because like, I can't, I don't do well in discomfort. So if I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to do it, I, I will make everyone's life around me miserable too. And I won't be good at it. I'll just be great. So I was like, listen, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Resigned from something I didn't start yet. Right. But. That kind of reminds me too. another, I guess, Thing that made me feel good about my decision to quit and walk away from grad school is there were so many girls in my cohort who were so passionate about the field and so they just felt so honored to be in the program and I was like I feel like I'm just taking up a spot because I don't have those feelings and I want somebody who has those feelings to number one be in my seat in grad school and number two go out into the field because I don't want to show up you know at graduation get my you know diploma go out into the work world and then already resent the the choice that I made you know I just didn't think that was fair to the field or to myself honestly right and I felt similar to that before too when I when I first graduated from grad school, I started being a speech pathologist, but then I also like ended up, I was a waitress the whole time before that. So I had the opposite schedule of everyone I had known for the past six years. So I was like bored and then all else that I knew was comedy. So I started going to open mics and then I started doing comedy more, but then the more I did it and the more I was around other people in comedy, I was like, 
I felt guilty and wrong for doing something as a hobby that people utilize as their livelihood. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was just like, sure, I'll do a spot on your show when really like there's somebody else who's like working on their half hour and really could use that spot. And here I am just doing it for like, I don't know, fulfillment or something. So I just, yeah, I started to like really have, I guess, I guess that's imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. People talk about that and I don't really... I don't know. I feel like, how can you know everything? So, like, everybody's right. an imposter. But I really did feel like an imposter when it came yeah. to comedy. <laughs> so, I totally get that. Yeah. So, after officially dropping out, what was the feeling that you had? It was kind of, like, I mean, typical, a typical answer, like a roller coaster. So, obviously, at first, I was like, this is amazing. I'm free. My life is mine again. Like, you know, because grad school takes up every waking moment of your time, pretty much. So I felt, you know, on top of the world. And so I left in January. From January to March, I was on a high. I was like, this is amazing. I'm getting to create my own schedule. Like, I'm doing work that I love. Like, great. And then by the end of March, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Yeah, I was like, you know, and it was it, – It was the weirdest thing because my business was growing, like financially, like numbers all around were going up, but I was still in this place of fear. I was just like, this is too good to be true. Like, I don't deserve this. Like, this isn't going to last forever. Like, did I make a mistake? And that lasted through like April. And then now, like since then, I've kind of got in my groove. I'm in like my typical, you know, day-to-day rhythm. And now I couldn't imagine being in grad school. I couldn't imagine having stayed on the path that I was on because I see what's ahead based on the work that I'm putting in now. Um, And I just feel like I would have been robbing myself of trying, like pursuing what my heart really wanted to pursue. I know that's so cheesy, but it's just like when you know, you know. And like it was an exciting decision to make. And then, you know, the fear sets in and now I kind of, I did a lot of mindset work. I'm in counseling therapy. I go, you know, monthly to kind of just make sure that like my mind is in check. Um, because being an entrepreneur, it is a lot of mind games, especially when you work from home and you work by yourself. Like you can just stay up in your mind all day long and how you mentioned imposter syndrome, like all that kind of stuff. You're like, who am I to do this? They're like, this can't be real. This is too good to be true. Um, So I would say now it's kind of like balanced out to where obviously some days I'm like, Oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing? Like, but I never, I can honestly say I never, Think that I made a wrong decision. I never wish that I was still in grad school. I never feel I, I was very nervous because a lot of girls that I went to school with graduated this month. Um, so I was like, how is that going to make me feel? Is it going to make me feel, you know, a little bit of regret? And thankfully, it didn't. So I'm now I'm pretty solid. But it was definitely it, lots of highs and lows to get here. And I think what is an important takeaway is that, like, no matter what, you're going to require time in order to get used to any new thing that you would put yourself, your body into. Right. So it's not like, you know, you, you end something and your whole life just moves on to something else. You know, there's always residual effects, but you have to like, you know, keep your head forward and on to the next thing and not always because like, you know, whatever is done is done. So. Right. And I always like to say too, like, this is something that I'm learning right now. 
I feel like a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves to make the next right decision. They're like, is this the right decision? Should I pursue this? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? And there's just so much pressure put on us to like make a yes or no. But I feel like there isn't a wrong or right choice. It's like whichever decision you make is the right one. Like as long as you're making the decision and you're doing it, you're not stuck there forever. Like there isn't a wrong choice. And I feel like there's so much freedom in that. And me reminding myself of that, like me dropping out or staying in grad school, neither one was right or wrong. I made the decision that was right for me, and that's that. You know what I mean? Right. And then, I mean, you also have two bachelor's degrees already. So, I mean, you could right. be, like, the creative director of some sort of, like, your right. company or another one. Yeah. You do branding for speech pathology. background. <laughs> so, like, there is no, like, you didn't make any decision that, like, ended your life. Right. Exactly. So credits that you accumulated when you were in grad school. So if you mm -hmm. were to spark your interest again, then you're not exactly. starting from square one. So who even cares? Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. And also, I mean, from a personal perspective, like, I mean, I love speech pathology. I can't stress that enough. But at the same time, like, I have a tremendous amount of student loans. And I don't know that, like, it's necessary to have a master's degree to do all of the things, especially if you see yourself as a school SLP. Right. And that's what you want to do. So, um, I mean, I don't think that's what I want to do forever. Um, but it's what I'm doing right now. Right. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty good at it, but at the same time, it's like, there's so much legality behind it. There's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of like instincts and it becomes quite stressful. So, I mean, I don't think there's any shame in deciding to do something else, at least for a little while. Right, exactly. And nothing is set in stone, like you said. Like, there's right. always, like, I can go back, I can do, there, there's no wrong answer because there's no one path ever. Exactly. And, you know, I think people with a more diverse background, especially if you were to put, like, um, like, on entrepreneurship on a resume then they're going to see like oh this person's clearly very independent and they can right. work and they can work without having a supervisor and they can walk into work each day so it's not like they need to be babysat which are like all of the skills necessary to be a good clinician as well right so, yeah so the next question is do you ever regret your decision and i think i know the answer to that right it is no i do not i will say the only like kind of like oops feeling that I've had is, um, you know, school just started here in Florida and the school that I worked at before and um, a private clinic that I worked at last summer um, didn't work at. Um, I was an intern there. They both actually reached out to me and asked if I would come work for them um, because they were seeking SLPs and SLPAs like they needed help. And it felt really good to be wanted because I was like, okay, cool. I was good at that. And like, it gave me like that twinge of like, Ooh, did we make a mistake? But it was just in the sense of like, because I knew it was a safe career. I knew I was good at it. I knew there were jobs available, but in my heart of hearts, I never regret my decision. And I never, I'm like, I wish I was still in grad school or I wish I really was pursuing speech language pathology. Um, so yeah, no, I don't, I have no regrets. 
But it's also like hard to turn people down for things. Like mm -hmm. I got asked to do a speaking engagement and at first I was like, how much should I ask for? And I was like, I don't know, $250. And my yeah. partner was like, that sounds like you don't respect yourself. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so like I but if I had never talked to him I probably would have been like oh you want me to fly there for free and take off three days like sure why not yeah of course like because I I have a hard time like turning things down right and asking for more so I can also like like that feeling probably just tricked you a little bit because mm -hmm. you felt like how am I going to turn down an opportunity but now right Especially because it's two people that I really respected and I enjoyed working under them when I was working under them and I learned a lot from them. So it's almost like, you know, I was like, I don't want to let them down because they did so much for me when I was in grad school. Like they taught me so much. So that's absolutely true. Yeah. Letting people down too. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you up to now? What am I up to now? So I actually have a podcast launching in October, and so that's where a lot of my focus is going now. Um, I just launched a new digital planner, so I usually launch two a year, mid-year, and then, you know, December for the new year. Um, so lots of uh, organizational tools I'm creating all the time. And I just started business coaching, which going back to imposter syndrome, that has been a whole other thing just because, you know, I'm a new business owner, but the need was there. People approached me asking if I would help them, you know, build their online business or like get their mindset right, get them organized. And I was like, you know, if there's a need for it and I'm good at it, why not step into that? Just because I don't have as much experience as somebody else, like that shouldn't keep me from doing it. Um, so I do business coaching and then my two like big, big goals that I'm working on, it's not, no one sees me working on them because it's a lot of back end stuff to make these kinds of things happen. Um, but I'm going to be releasing a paper planner and I'm so excited to do that because digital planners, it's a whole different ball game. Like there's really no risk involved except for my time. Like I don't have to invest money. Like I'm not working with manufacturers or anything like that. So it's a whole different ball game. Um, so I have that in the works and then I want to write a book, um, like a personal development style book coming up and that's like in my five year plan. So those are my big plans coming up and I'm very, very excited. Oh, I love it. I always had a goal to write a book, too. Yeah? Yeah, always. Um, but I haven't, like, made moves. I have a, um, a couple ideas for, like, children's stories, but mm -hmm. in my head, since I was a little kid, that I write, like, more of a memoir. Yep. That's, same. that's been my dream since I was a little girl. That's the one dream that has stayed with me my entire life. Like, I've been up and down, left and right with my career journey. But being an author has been with me, same thing, since I was a little girl. I think that's yeah. so cool. That's so funny. Yep. And then um, in terms of your paper-based stuff, so, like, I sell my coloring books, and they're online, and they're PDFs, so there's no risk there. But mm -hmm. when I printed my coloring books for ASHA, it came out to, like, $15 a pop to even, uh -huh. like, so when <laughs> – it was so hard to like sell them because I'm like, yeah, I know they're expensive, but like this was expensive for me too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, I understand that. But I guess like the more you get, the cheaper it is. 
Right, exactly. And I am a, the type of person that when I get an idea, I'm like, okay, we have to make this happen tomorrow. Like this needs to be launched tomorrow. So the fact that I'm not even letting myself consider launching them before 2021 is a big deal because it, I'm, it's such an important dream to me and I want to make it happen so badly and so well. Um, like I want to do it well. I don't just want to slap it together and be like, here you go. Like I want to create a planner brand that can kind of live on like without me. Cause right now I'm very connected to my brand. Everything I do, like my face is in there. Like, and I feel like, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way. If you're not posting on social media, you're going to fall to the wayside, like all that. Like, like I hate my shirt. I hate my hair. <laughs> Yes. So that's another appeal (laughs) to creating the paper planner is I want something that I can like be like, this is my, like I created this. And if I don't want to be on social media for the rest of my life, I don't have to, but the planner can like live on if you will. So yeah. 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 I do love social media. I know it gets a bad rap, but, um, I, I really do like it, but then there are times when I'm just like, I'm so sick of myself. Like, I yeah. don't want to answer anyone's question because yeah. why do you want to know anything from me? I right. can't train my dog. Like, right. <laughs> 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 yeah. I feel you. So, um, yeah, I mean, but then, you know, you get over yourself. It's important to get over yourself a lot. Right. And I feel like the connections that I've made on social media, like they've made it so worth it because I go through the same things that you just said. I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing? Like, I'm tired of looking at my face on this front facing camera. Like, who am I talking to? Like, what's going on? But like, I meet all of my coaching clients through Instagram pretty much. Like, that's how they find me. And so just building those relationships deeper, like through our coaching calls and stuff. Like, yeah, it started on Instagram, but then I get to go deeper with them. So like, it's, it's just cool to see like what social media can do. It's such, it's such a love hate thing. I I feel like everybody can agree that it's like a love hate thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I never feel like that. I don't ever feel all of that, like, inadequacy that I think Mm -hmm. that because I like we all have photo editing software right we all know every person who has beautiful pictures beautiful pictures then all of a sudden like divorce house burned down (laughs) so like everything's a lie so like everything is really like some days are great and others are bad but like only take pictures of the good stuff right I never like think, oh, so I am jealous of people who on um, Instagram who um, do fees and and all of those scoping and MBS and stuff like because mm-hmm. I never had access to access to that, so I felt robbed. Right. If I see grad students do that, like then I get like green with envy. Yeah. Um, that really ticks me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess I also get a little bit cranky which is not social media, but like just people with no student loans. I'm like, nah. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But other than Imagine that, having the student loans when you're not even getting the degree anymore. Right. I wasn't going to bring that up, but you know what? There's, you weren't going to get out of it scot free with yep. no problem. Like, right. You right. Have something bothering you. Exactly. <laughs> and you're still paying for something that's not erased. So, right. Very true. Very, very true. 
So the next segment is called tips and tricks. And usually this is like something that anyone can utilize in the speech therapy section uh, session tomorrow, nothing that requires prepping. So you can choose, because you still have the background, you can choose something in speech, or it can just be like a life hack in general that makes your life better, that anyone can apply to themselves as soon as they hear it. So for, uh, I'll do a life one, because I feel like I'm so far removed from the speech world, so I don't want to just like make something up, just be making it up. But uh, like an organizational like life hack is the... Everybody knows the Notes app on your, this is for iPhone users. I'm sorry if you're not an iPhone user, but it's. Yeah, I'm sorry for you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Notes app on your phone, just like the regular one that comes with the phone. Um, I use that with my husband for shared lists and it has been game changing. So we keep our grocery list on there um, because it alerts the other person whenever you update it. So like if I'm, you know, somewhere and I'm like, oh, we ran out of eggs, like put it on there. And if he goes to the store, it like automatically pops up on his phone. And then we also have one for, um, cause I feel like a lot of people can relate to this couples when you're ready for date night and then you're like, okay, where are we going to go? And then you're like, oh my gosh, where do we want to go? Like, I don't know. But then when you're just like out living your life, you're like, oh, we want to go there. We want to go there. We want to go there. But when you're in the moment, like you cannot think for the life of you of like a new place that you want right. to go. New places. Right. So we, we have a shared note where we keep um, a running list of like date night ideas, like local to where we are. So anytime we're driving to like, you know, an appointment or the grocery store or somewhere that's like boring and not a date night and we see somewhere cool, we're like, okay, put it on the list. So I feel like people underutilize the notes app on their phone, the shared feature of it. And I think like having the shared list has been a game changer for like my household organization. I didn't even know you can share it. So yeah, see? <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, my tip or trick, I'm going to do a life hack as well because um, in my new house, I have a lot of new plants. And also, um, I also have like a lot of stress lately, I feel like. So I have found that Febreze bottles have like the best spray mist type of like output. And if I buy a spray bottle, it's like a jet, like squirting out. At, yeah, like, or it like dribbles and doesn't squirt at all. Yeah. So Febreze is the best way to go. So I've been cleaning out the Febreze and putting plain water in it, and I've been spraying all my plants, and they are thriving to a point where, like, now I live in a jungle. Yeah, that's amazing. All plants. So, yeah. Yeah. so really, it's great. Everyone spray your plants every day. And then I've also been, um, I like stress away. That's my favorite essential oil. And so when my Febreze bottle was empty, because I use Febreze a lot because I have two dogs. So I, I'm always spraying the couch and the bed. Mm -hmm. So when it's empty, I've been doing, I've been putting the essential oil in it and then mixing it with water and just spraying the rooms. Yep. Actually, I use, because I spray my plants too, like with the water, but I add, um, since you are familiar with essential oils, I do a few drops of thieves and purification um, in the water, and my plants are out of control. Like, they don't fit in the places that I have them anymore, so I've had to, like, reorganize all of my plants because of it, so if you're into essential oils, try that. It's been yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really branched out. Everything I get is always like clove, lavender, and stress away. But I'll yeah. 
what did you say they were again? Thieves. And thieves is really good for germs too. Like whenever I was working in the schools, I would always put it on the bottoms of my feet whenever the kids like had, you know, some kind of something going around. And right. like it saved me during like six season at school. So uh, definitely pick out thieves. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you. Multiple and uses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The last thing that we always do on this show is we have a closing quote. So if you don't mind, I would love for you to leave us with a quote that inspires you and keeps you going. Yes. Okay. So this one, it's so simple, but it's something that has been so important for me as I've done this journey um, from switching from SLP to where I am now. And it's just, you are enough. And I know that we hear that all the time. Um, but I really feel like it's such an important thing. And I always like to tack on something at the end. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram or not. I am such an Enneagram nerd. Um, because I see it all the time. Yeah. So I'm a three and a three is the achiever and we're very, uh, goal-oriented, task-based, like we get a high off of like checking off our to-do list and like we kind of feel like if we're not like working on something, like we're kind of worthless. Um, and so the you are enough, my like the thing that I've been tacking on to like the tail end of it lately is you are enough even when you're not working. You are enough even when you're not the best at something. You are enough even when all you can do for the day is show up, you know? Um, so I feel like you are enough. It's a very, like, saturated phrase that people use. But I feel like just let it sink in. Like, sit and actually think about what it means. Because I didn't until my therapist told me that that was something that I struggled with, was not feeling like I was enough. And so when I actually sat with the phrase and, like, listened to it, I was like, okay. So I know it's a, a very basic one, but I oh, – Avocado toast is my favorite food. So, I mean, you shouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> well, I love it. I think that it's great. I think that, I mean, you are enough says it all. So yeah. It's not basic. It's <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, before we go, just tell everyone where they can find you, what they should look for, and then keep in mind that this will be on the internet for a long time. So, like, yes. as many things as you can. Yes. So my home base online where you can find anything and everything is jessicamassey.com. That has all the things. And then my Instagram, my personal Instagram is jessmmassey, and Massey is M-A-S-S-E-Y. And then my business Instagram is just at hustle Stanley. So those are like the three places, especially just jessicamassey.com. Everything lives there. So. And did you come up with a name for your podcast? Hustle Stanley. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, keeping it consistent, you know, keeping it consistent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm going to look out for that. October 1st. Okay. Yeah. See you guys. <laughs>